This is the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast with your host, Big Bad Boris. Welcome to episode number 41 of the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast on the Love Wrestling Podcast Network. My name is Big Bad Boris, and my good God, we have gone international. Uh, A blast from the past here in the Alberta wrestling scene. I am joined by the one and only Amir Jordan. Amir Jordan, I have not talked to you in a very, very long time. What's going on? Hello, hello, Big Bad Boris. It's been a long time, hasn't it? It has been about six years. It feels like it feels like longer. Man, honestly, there's a lot, there's a lot that's happened in the last six years that I can't wait to dig into. But um, but yeah, you know what? It's it's crazy. This is um these these last few weeks have obviously might yeah. have had a real change in circumstances, but it's it's really made me appreciate all uh, the friends that I made whilst I was out in Canada, uh, Canada and Calgary because I've I've received so many messages from a lot of the boys and the girls that you know I may not have talked to, uh, stayed in touch with and stuff, but the second they received the news, a bunch of them messaged me and stuff, and I was just like, wow, like I do really appreciate that and like. It it's it was cool because it, it it helped kind of bring back memories of my time in uh in Canada, which was really cool. <laughs> so that's where I want to. Yeah, start. it's great to be talking to you. Yeah, man. How I what's where I want to start is is how did you end up coming all the way to Canada for your for your training? Well, um, so little backstory. So my background is actually in banking. So I used to work in uh I used to work in investment banking in London. Uh, so if we go back around two thousand and fifteen. And I was actually going quite well, you know, I was making good money and um, I was entering the banking world and working my way up. Working so up, you decided to fuck your entire life and become an independent wrestler. And, <laughs> and then there was a point where, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Can we swear here? Is this, is this absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Even better, even, even better. So, um, yeah, no. So, like, I kind of got depressed, to be honest. Like, it was good money, but it was kind of, this is this all I'm going to do for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Is this it? So... You know, at the age of 24, 25, I kind of had to, like, make a last decision of, like, I want to do something like, really, you know, I want to do something that's actually, you know, changes the world, maybe, or, like, you know, changes, you know, has has more of an effect on people other than just, you know, Excel spreadsheets. So that's when I decided to start thinking about wrestling training. And obviously, at the time, I had a little bit of money saved up. So I thought, hey, I can actually potentially go to uh you know a reputable school anywhere in the world and it'll be a good experience and stuff um so that's where that that's where landstorms academy actually came up because i had two places that i was really interested in it was the either the dudley boys school or landstorms and okay the dudley boys school was in the usa which would have required a visa for me to get a visa from the being a british citizen whereas thank god the commonwealth I could oh, yeah. easily get a visa to work in Canada. Um, so actually, yeah. So I, I actually, initially, I actually got a two-year working visa, which I never actually worked a real job at my time in Canada. But I actually had a two-year working visa with the thought of I'll spend three months at Landstorms Academy and then maybe, you know, I'll try and make my way. Because if I'm on that side of the world, then I might have a chance to like, you know, silly dreams like, oh, I might get seen and might get called to a tryout in Orlando. You know, those mm-hmm. silly things that you, you know, you, you think about when you're at that point, all naive thinking it's going to be an easy ride. And you realize in reality, it's not. It's a, a million times harder than you ever thought it was, <laughs> was going to be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was kind of like the general gist. So 
I actually started my training at the Progress Wrestling School in London. Oh, okay. uh, Progress Wrestling is a, a big promotion out here in the Absolutely. UK. So, so I actually emailed Lance and he said, yeah, you can join in on January, which was in 2016. And we were currently in like May or June. So I was just like, you know what? I've got five or six months here. Let me try and see if I can kind of, you know, get in the gym, get in better shape. Like I quit smoking. I used to smoke cigarettes and stuff. Like I quit smoking, you know, because I thought, oh, okay, like if I want to be a wrestler, I've got to take this seriously. I actually started going to the gym around 24, 25. I never used to go to the gym before that. Just never really, you know, had a motivation for it. But all of a sudden, all of this was born out of like a way out of a life that I was, you know, going on to live that I didn't really want to live, right? Um, so, so yeah, but like all of those things came all of sorry go on go ahead so did you grow up a wrestling fan at all did you watch when you were younger or, or yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah so yeah yeah so like my granddad who's from pakistan so that's my background I'm, I'm pakistani i was actually born out there so he would come and visit us in the summer times and um he he was a massive wrestling fan um both my grandparents were um uh, and he asked for asked my sister to get a VHS of SummerSlam '98, where it was Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee and Bret Hart versus Undertaker. Mm-hmm. That was the first wrestling match I ever watched. And oh, okay, I was kind of hooked. Yeah, I was kind of hooked since then. And then as I grew up, I became like a teenage wrestling fan when I started getting on the internet and started finding out about these, you know, Ring of Honors and all the independents and all that stuff, and like watching Samojo and CM Punk and AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels and getting into TNA when it used to be, you know, when when it had all the cruiserweights there and getting all of obviously all into the WWE stuff and then getting into the dirt sheets and like reading all the spoilers and you know how we all go through the phases, right? Um, so yeah, and then in the back of my mind, I always wanted to be a professional wrestler. Um, but it was never really a thing that I realistically thought I could do myself. But also at the same time, it's not really like I'm from a very traditional household. So like, you know, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Pakistani and we have certain things that like, you know, you don't really get that many wrestlers out there, which, you know, in the end has ended up, you know, kind of working to my benefit. Mm -hmm. But actually getting into, you know, coming I never imagined like I'd be coming home and telling my parents that I wanted to be a professional wrestler and them not kind of like, you know, backhanding me around the face. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, um, so it took me to actually succeed, get a degree and get a good job and all of that stuff for them, for, for me to be able to do something as ridiculous as wrestling, because, you know, I kind of proved everything I needed to prove to my parents. I went and got a degree. I went and got a good job and all that stuff. So I was just like, right. I'm, I'm going to do this for me now. I'm going to try and see, you know, what happens. Never yeah. did I imagine it would end up where it did. But so, go. so going and like starting wrestling school is, is, a, is a big deal and something very difficult for a lot of people. Uh, how much more difficult was it for you to pick up your whole life and move to a whole new country? Was there a lot of culture shock to go along with the, uh, with, with the, 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 your training and, and were you accepted with open arms by all of us crazy Canadians? um well so I'd actually done a little bit of traveling before so when I finished university I actually spent a year living in New York um so all of those things that you were asking about there I had already kind of experienced you know the culture shock the moving to a new country all of that stuff so I'd already kind of had that experience with me so that kind of worked to my favor and that's what meant that like when it came to like actually moving to the other side of the world 
that part of it wasn't as daunting. Um, the part of it that was daunting that I felt at uh, Stansted or was it Gatwick Gatwick Airport in London whilst I was about to board my flight to Canada, um, I do remember a very big moment. And that was me walking around the gates waiting for my flight thinking, hold on, you've just quit a very lucrative job um, and you're going to Canada without a job and you think you're going to want to become a professional wrestler. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> what have you just done? Because at this point, like, I'm 25. I'm, I'm 25. Yeah, I'm 25. So, like, you know, I've kind of, you know, me and, like, everyone that was my age was kind of doing the same thing. And, you know, I've got friends that are pharmacists and doctors. And, you know, they're all working their way up the ladder. And I've kind of just, you know, taken the carpet out. You know, What do they call it? You know, I've just, like, taken the carpet out of underneath myself, really. Yeah. I'm being like, right, I'm going to drop all of this. So, yeah, that's when a little bit of anxiety did step in. And at no point was I ever going to turn around at that point because I think, you know, there's no turning back when you're waiting for your flight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was the longest flight I ever took. <laughs> London to Calgary. That's a hell of a way across the world. And, yeah. you know, the craziest thing is, it's like, you know, I lived in New York. I've traveled around the world a little bit. But as the hours of the flights passed by, it was a direct flight. I was just like... I have never been this far from home in my life mm -hmm. because it is literally on the other side of the world. So, you know, there was those moments like that and all of that stuff. But, you know, when I got in, I settled in and then I kind of, you know, called upon my previous experiences of living by myself, living in a different country and all of those little things that you have to do. I'm very, I'm very lucky that I already had that prior life experience before moving to Canada. Um, and then, yeah, like the first, the first three months, I never really like got to know much of you crazy guys because we <laughs> spent the first three months of it um, training right at Lancers, and uh, I was living, I was living in the house, and we were going through the whole process, and it was quite a daunting, pretty crazy process. Um, Lance came and picked us up from the airport as he does with all of his trainees, and he was very, you know, straightforward as he is, and. Mm -hmm. You know, it was it was it was it was a cool experience, and um, like I said, I'd already had a little bit of training in wrestling beforehand. I was, you know, getting in the gym and I was getting better shape and stuff like that already. So, I like to think it was a very calculated decision to come out to Canada and train because I planned for it. Right, I even like saved the last bits of money that I was making out in London. I was just like, right, the more money that I go to Canada with, the more risks I can take, the more wiggle room mm -hmm. I've got. So, yeah. like, you know, I. I turned up with quite a bit of savings and stuff, which was good, but that was all by design. Um, and then, yeah, went to Lancers, and Lance says, well, there's a local promotion called PWA. You guys should all go and help out. So Hell yeah. I remember, I remember a bunch of us, a bunch of us turned up because we all, so we all stayed at Lancers' house, right? There was, a, there was four of us that was there. But I think we all met up at Lancers' house where um, it wasn't actually Lancers' house. It was a house that he owns that he rents out to his students, right? Or he used to. He doesn't anymore. Um, and we were all quite nervous because we were just like, oh, so like, you know, we're, we're just going to go and like we have to shake everyone's hands and this and that. And we don't know anyone. But to be honest with you, like we all turned up and you guys were all very welcoming and, um, and it was cool. And like, I remember the first show, they were like, um, it was Tony Gershinder, Rohan Raja of NXT UK fame. Um, he was one of the guys that I first met and he spoke to a, a bunch of us there because he'd started his training a little bit before my 
shows by then. And he was just like, you know, if they ever, if they say they need help with anything, don't say no, say yes. And mm-hmm. it just so happened to be, I think there were a cameraman shot that day or something. That or would something that, like that. I think. That sounds like my uh, my dilemmas back then. Absolutely, <laughs> exactly. And then like I remember Tony from the back, like nodding his head, and I was just like, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. You so you were one like, of the one of the many kind of you know de- 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 name people that ran cameras for me back in the day. Like Giselle Shaw yeah. ran a camera for me. You ran a camera for me. That's um, amazing. I want to say Rachel Ellering ran a camera for me once too. Like it's kind of yeah. interesting the way that all the people that came through through Lance's ran cameras for me, and I always appreciated that. Oh man, to be honest with you, it was one of those things where I was just like anything to get involved, right? Yeah, and like. You know, because I'd been kind of part of the wrestling business already for a little bit, I already kind of knew, you know, those little things of like, okay, well, when you go to a show, I'd learn a little bit of etiquette from the progress school because it was a decent school, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, when you go, you shake everyone's hands and like you help out with the ring and you make sure, you know, you conduct yourself professionally and like, you know, you don't say anything silly and you watch a show and, you know, all of those things. So like, you know, it was it was cool because... You know, I was I was so eager to become a wrestler and to try and take this thing as far as I possibly could. I like that. Like I dove straight into like watching all the videos. I watched all the tough enoughs. I watched Breaking Ground. If you remember that, like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. I was just trying to soak up all the information that I could, and I kind of became like addicted to this process of like, let me see how far I can take this. Um, so, did you in the progress school? Did you have any matches, or was that just kind of the starting of training? You know, I had one match in November 2015. I had one match. I got to a point where I trained for about five or six months and they had they, they ran like a trainee show in London. So my first ever professional wrestling match was actually out there uh, for progress a few months before I uh, I came into train with Lance. Um, who, who was I it think, with? I think, oh, God, it's, it's with guys that are not really wrestling right now. Fair um, enough. Yeah, one of, the, one of them... I'm not, yeah, there's like one of them doesn't wrestle anymore for other reasons because he got there. There was other controversies surrounding him. So, ah, okay, fair <laughs> there was enough. a few people. <laughs> um, and like actually, my tag team partner was someone that I trained with who, um, who's a really good guy, AJ Benjamin, he's known as, but um, he stopped wrestling for a few years and he's only just recently gone back into wrestling. So, that's been pretty cool to see. Um, it's like they say, like, you never, you never forget your first. So, like, I always, of course. you know. I always remember the feelings of that day and being all nervous and being like, how the hell did I even make it to like wrestling one match yeah. and getting to this point? So yeah, I, I guess I had a little bit of experience, but like I was kind of like smart to like, you know, doing all of these things that, you know, making sure I'm respectful and all of those things. So, all right. So yeah, I, I don't mean so. to be super rude and, and cut you off, but we're on a time crunch here. And I totally forgot that we got some songs to play. Of course, this oh, is a yeah. music podcast as well as a professional wrestling podcast. I like to have my uh, uh, my guests pick songs that mean something to them that we can play during the show. Uh, the first song, you picked two Brit, uh, Brit poppy kind of bands, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, first song uh, is <laughs> Lucky Man by The Ver. Tell me why you picked this one. Um, so, yeah, so initially... <laughs> Earlier in the day, I picked a really depressing Limp Biscuit song, right? Yes, <laughs> and, you did. Um, yeah, and I was just like, Do you know what? Why? Why am I doing that? And um, the song came up on my gym playlist. And the reason why I picked this is, is one of those things. Like this year has been quite difficult for me, and uh, things are turning around now a little bit. And like this song represents quite a lot because like I am very lucky 
I suppose with a lot of the ways, you know, like that my career's turned out, being at the right place at the right time and having a partner that supports me who's, you know, who supported me through this very difficult time. So I guess that song kind of uh, alludes to that kind of aspect of it, not to get too deep about it, but something along those lines, I guess. And it's a good song. All right. (laughs) So this is The Verb. This is Lucky Man on the Punk and Power Drivers podcast. Something in my liberty on my mind. Happiness coming and going. I watch you look up and watch my fever growing. I know just where I am. But how many corners do I have to turn? How many times do I have to learn? All the love I have is in my
That was the verb. That was Lucky Man on the Punk of Potters podcast, the first pick of Amir Jordan. Um, the, the, what we had you do in PWA uh, that I remember the most is you were kind of like a, a sidekick slash uh, lackey for Sheikak Bar Shabazz. And I remember it working so well because he was kind of oh, mean so to you and used to smack you in the head and stuff like that. And I, I just like the two of you guys gelled so, so well. And I wish that we could have seen years and years more of that because uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Do you know what? At the end, like, that was my first, you know, that was the first story I ever told. It was, like, the first quote-unquote tag team partner I ever had, I don't, even though I don't even think I don't even think we ever had a tag team match, but I guess, like, we were kind of, you know, in the same story and we were partners, so to speak, or, like, I guess I was, like, his annoying younger brother or his protege. Um, and it was ironic because I worked heel during that whole time and ever since then, I've barely ever worked heel. Yeah. And like, I'm quite lucky. I've gotten quite popular as a babyface, and I probably plan on staying like that. But, you know, it's a little known fact that I had a six-month run working as a heel for at the start of my career. So, yeah, it was fun. And, like, you know, Sheik, Sheik's such a cool guy as well, isn't he? Oh, I love, um, him. I love him to death. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, like, you know, this is, this is where we start getting into talking about all the crazy people on the Canadian wrestling scene. And to be honest with you, I loved it. And like, for me, it was such a, it was such a unique experience, you know, meeting guys like, you know, MRB and BBD. And like, like I said, Rohan Raja, Kid yeah. Chocolate. He's another one of the boys, you know, that I ended up getting close with. And yeah, I got to work really closely with Sheik and like, it was fun, man. We had such a good time and, you know, it, it's kind of crazy. Like that time, it's like you said earlier in, in the interview he was saying like it feels like such a long time ago so much has happened since but I will say every now and then you know the odd time a couple of times a week I do remember an incident of someone or like spending you know having a good time with someone from like my time in Canada it's such a it was such a fun it was such a fun time and like you know it's pretty cool to say that like my wrestling journey really a big part of it was in Calgary and got to be in Western Canada in front of like, you know, with all you crazy guys. And, you know, that cold, uh, <laughs> was it the cold Edmund? Uh, it was the Edmonton ring, right? That would always, that was like super cold and super stiff. No, the Calgary ring, the red uh, ring. Was the was, one in was, Calgary. Yeah. No, well, actually, no, the one in the red what? ring. I yeah. think you're right. I think because we did switch them at one point because the red it ring was. Switched, yeah. yeah, the red ring was in, in Edmonton for years, but we wanted to have a cage match and the cage only fit on the blue ring. So we did switch them. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was at the was it at the casino in Calgary? What, what was the name of the place in Calgary? We ran that? the, the Century forget. Casino in, in Century uh, Casino. That's the one. Yep in calgary yeah for sure um yeah. what are some of the things that you kind of learned while you were were working pwa that that served you well and, and took you took with you when you got the big break with nxt um well it was like i said it was like it was my first kind of sinking my teeth into a proper promotion and seeing how things work behind the scenes and like you know learning like you know about how people sell their merch and like seeing um seeing big Kurt, seeing big Kurt running things, <laughs> running around all over the place and stuff. And it was, big you know, because, oh yeah. Hey, listen, this one time, Kurt squat, I don't know who it was. It was, maybe it was me. I can't remember. Memory's fuzzy now, but I swear he, uh, he, he, um, he put me up on his shoulders and like banged out five or six reps on the squat. And I was just like, yo, for a small guy, you're strong. I think he wanted to show off how strong he was. That sounds like <laughs> Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell of a character. But you know what? It was, for me, it was just like, 
it was like a, a whole host of different characters because that's what wrestling is, right? Everyone's just everyone's a, everyone's a pretty. You got to be a bit of a character to get into this in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like my first big experience of like getting to know all of these guys and you know not just PWA. There was a few promotions, right, running out of a out of Calgary and Edmonton. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I got to, you know, I got to travel like one of the biggest teachings that I took away, like in the UK on the independent scenes, you don't really have to travel or drive that long. But, um, but like I got to do a show in uh, a Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan for HIW okay. and, you know, I wrestled in Regina and then we traveled all the way to um, Kelowna in British Columbia through the Rocky Mountains. That was an amazing drive. That was an experience in itself. That's a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, so because I did all of those hours, even up to Edmonton, three hours, when you're in the UK, three hours is a long trip, you know, really? for an indie show. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, people, you know, we're, we're, we're a small country here. Like, um, so, you know, it, that experience of like traveling so much, made it easier for me when I got here and when some of the boys would complain about maybe having to travel three hours or two and a half hours to go to a show. I was just like, listen, I, I, I drove, I drove to Saskatchewan where it was just literally one straight road and like, yep. you see a house once every what, 45 minutes or so. <laughs> yep. That sounds about right. It, but it was amazing. I swear to God, it was amazing. I saw all the, uh, all the signs, you know, where it says deer in the road, beware, be careful. And yeah. I was just like disregarding them because you don't really get big <laughs> animals on the road in the UK. And then I had, I had this rental car at the time that I was driving to, you know, to get to this, um, to get to these shows that I, that I got booked on. And I was just like cruising away at 70 miles an hour. And I ended up running over a fox and it damaged <laughs> the rental car. And I, and I was just like, yeah, like nah, those those signs are real. Like, I, and then and then later on, as I got closer to Regina, I saw like literal dead deers, like massive deers that were just dead on the side of the yeah. road, right? Because they get they get run over by the trucks. It happens. Yeah, it happens, man. It's crazy. It's so, crazy, but like you know, that's an experience in itself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, how did you end up from working with uh, with us to to the big break with NXT UK? Uh, well, yeah, so I, I ended up, you know, I had, I, I did my training with Lancers. I got, I, I got to work with you guys. I got to, I got to do all of these indies and I actually decided to move back to the UK myself because during 2016, the UK independence scene was going through like a big boom period there. Yeah, and it was were hot, hot over there. It was super yeah, hot. Yeah. So like, as I was now like, you know, getting into wrestling and finding out about all of these places, I was just like, well, shit, like. Maybe I need to go back home, uh, back to Dewsbury. And at that point as well, like I'd been living away from home for a few years and like my mum was like, oh, come, when are you going to move back home? This and that. So I was just like, all right, now's the right time to move home because I can be back closer to my family a little bit and try and make something happen in the UK Indies. Um, So yeah, so like I kind of cut my Canadian stay short as a tactical thing to get back to the UK and kind of, you know, test my training and test myself on the UK Indies. And, um, and yeah, so like moved back to the UK, got on, started doing all the independent shows in the UK, of which at that time there were many. And I'm talking like midweek shows, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. Like once I started to actually sink my teeth into it, um, like I've got a very addictive personality. So like <laughs> I kind of got addicted to the... Um, to the drug of wrestling so to speak mm-hmm. and when there was so much opportunity 
out there to be taken at the time. Like, you know, just like I turned up to the PWA show just to help out with the camera work and, you know, I ended up getting an opportunity there. Um, I started just applying that same logic of like, okay, well, if this is what I needed, if this is what I did and it got me booked at a good few places in Canada, if I just repeat the same process, I'll start getting booked at places and, you know, slowly and surely I started training. I start, you know, there's, there's a bunch of really good training places in the UK as well. I trained under Marty Jones, who used to wrestle for world of sport, okay. Rampage Brown, Joseph Connors, all these guys that have been around for a very long time. Right. Um, so I just tried to soak up as much knowledge as I could and get get booked on independent scenes and kind of like one thing led to another and next thing you know I'm like working like I think there was a time where I was I did like 17 shows in 18 days oh, up wow. and down the country in different parts yeah it, man honestly like 2017-18 was a crazy period like things just you know things just kicked off and you know during that time it was you know my six months experience in Canada it came in handy because it was it was a very difficult experience. Obviously, the training at Lancers was very intense, and you know he's famously very straightforward as well, which can be, you know, harsh truths and all of these things. And then traveling and kind of like living living on my own for six months, kind of, and like having few friends, and then you know all of that struggle, kind of, I, I got to use that and apply it, you know, whilst I was back in the UK where you know, things were hot. And I think that's kind of, in the end, that's kind of what ended up happening. One thing led to another. The timing worked out well because they were doing a UK championship tournament in the UK. And then I think when they did the first tournament, I wasn't part of that because I'd only just moved back from Canada. But, you know, that first tournament that they did, that where Tyler, Tyler Bate won the, mm-hmm. won the UK title for the first time, that's kind of gave me a little bit of drive of like, whoa, things might be changing here and then we'd all hear these rumors oh they're going to do a UK show they're going to do a UK show so like that kind of lit the fire up my ass a little bit and I was like right let me let me go get booked even more places and just you know try and chase this potentially you know chase this thing that might that might happen even if there is a 5-10% chance so before I actually got signed to a contract I was actually in touch with them trying to get a uh, trying to get a tryout actually um so i'd put together like you know a wrestling resume of sorts and mm-hmm. got all my matches together to send it to um canyon seaman at the time and i was he told me oh we might you know we'll be in touch with you for, for a trial and then at that point i kind of left it there and was just you know working the indies and just getting better and improving and then next thing you know i've got an email in my inbox saying oh we're holding a tournament and we'd like you to be a part of it um it's on so and so date and you know it was crazy because at that point all my banking savings and all of that had pretty much run out and I was kind of just a lowly independent wrestler barely making ends meet so at that point you know I kind of needed the job too if that made sense and, <laughs> and it's nice to see it was... <laughs> it's nice to see all of your hard work come to fruition as well oh mate it was a whirlwind it was a whirlwind because I'd not been wrestling for so long and when they announced the 16 participants um, there was a lot of guys on there that was like really well known that had pedigree. You know, you've got Dave Mastiff, Rampage Brown, Flash Morgan Webster, yeah. Joe Connors. These guys have been around for a long time. And I genuinely don't think people expected me to be part of that list because like I'd not been wrestling that long. But it was cool because I actually um it it, it was cool because I actually, you know, and I, I kind of needed it, but 
I actually got a really good response from everyone online where it was just like, it wasn't in a way of like, oh, it's too soon for him. It was very much like, well, we weren't expecting this. Yeah. But that's so cool that he's managed to do that and he's going to do really well. And like, it was, you know, it's really good to kind of get that validation a little bit, I guess, you know, there's and times think, where we all go through. I think yeah, Saxon on. Huxley was in that tournament too, was he not? And he, he spent yes. some time uh, uh, over here with us as well. Yeah, so Saxon's a very, very good mate of mine. And that's how we first met, actually, was, you know, the, the, the thing that we had in common is that we both trained at Lancers. Saxon was actually in the first tournament in 2016, mm, at the right, end of 2016. Right, right. Yeah, so he's he's kind of like one of the original guys. But yeah, he was he was there all the way from the start, all the way to the bitter end. So I we've got the 10-minute warning here. So I want to fast forward just a little bit. You had your, your NXT UK run. Uh, obviously, you know that that has has gone the wayside. So, what is what is your your career looking like now? Um, well, um, yep, the NXT NXT UK run has begun and ended, and now I'm a independent independent wrestler, independent contractor. So, kind of like my aim now is to get back into wrestling a lot more consistently because at the end there we weren't really wrestling as consistently as I'd like. So, I'm kind of in the process of kind of collecting collecting a bunch of bookings and having a having more of a full-time schedule so to speak and everything's been going well so far what's the scene um, like over there like because we talked about the boom that they had kind of in that 2016 to 2018 uh time period what's the scene like now uh well it's it's in i would say it's in a bit of a rebuilding phase uh there was a few things there was a few things that happened in the uk scene that kind of made things difficult yeah I think everybody's COVID pretty familiar with with a lot of the things that sadly went yeah down. And it's, it's yeah exactly insane. yeah but do you know what it is it's that thing like wrestling will never die in this country no matter how big or small and like it goes in peaks and troughs right mm-hmm. and um you know you've got a situation now where with all of us when we were at nxt uk there were still guys that were improving that were developing and now you've got like a bunch of nxt uk guys back on into the scene and it's been a year or so since like shows have come back since COVID. So, you know, it's, it's difficult, but at the same time, it's one of those things where like it is the talent is there and there's still promotions here that run very well, that are very well respected. You know, progress is still mm-hmm. running. ICW is still there. North wrestling is a very good promotion in Newcastle. Um, You know, like we're still kicking, put it that way, mate. We're still kicking and like, you know, things, things are still looking good and you know wrestling's in that time period right now where there's more opportunity in wrestling now than there ever was i think um and a bunch of you know even with nxt uk closing there's a bunch of british guys all over the world in the us in japan all around europe there's a lot of you know there's a lot of opportunities popping up now in europe um especially with like the announcement of nxt europe has meant that like you know there's a lot of european promotions that are stepping up their game so to speak as well so you know, it's kind of exciting times. It's like, yes, there's a British scene, but like there's a bit of a European scene here as well. And, you know, flights are too expensive for me to get to like Germany or yeah. Italy and stuff like that. So, you know, there's, that was there's, there's definitely plenty of wrestling around here. That was something I wanted to touch on with with all the, the, the talk of NXT Europe. Did they tell you anything about that? Or do you know anything more than than what is known to the public about that? Uh, no, like, I mean, the, 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 they told us exactly what, what, what went out there is that, like, there is going to be an NXT Europe and it's going to happen at some point next year. Um, and, like, you know, there's, there's one of those things where they may, you know, there's 
potential of potentially, you know, going back there if, they, if they're going to do NXT Europe and if they're going to relaunch it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know if I've decided that it'd be something I'm interested in, but at the same time, you know, that opportunity hasn't presented itself right now anyway. Um, so it's one of those things where, you know, the NXT UK ended and, you know, we were all really sad and stuff, but it seems like it's kind of stopped to set up for something much bigger and something much more global and, like, you know, I've got half an hour in NXT Asia. Like, you know, that's my part of the world. I'd love to for Triple H to start NXT Asia and for me to, you know, get to be a part of that because that's something that's very close to my heart. So, you know, let's see what happens. It's an exciting time in wrestling right now. There's a lot of fans over in that Asian area as well. Oh, God. It's unbelievable. If you watch some of Great Khali's uh, promotion out there on YouTube, like, they're they're doing some big houses out there. There's, There's definitely a market which... I think, you know, it's going to entice, you know, WWE. And you see to, all those videos back know, in the 90s like when Brett used to go down there to, to to do promotions and he would just get mobbed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like I said, mate, my grandparents, both who are from Pakistan, which is neighboring, you know, which is the neighboring country to India, like massive wrestling fans. My grandma didn't speak a word of English, but she understood the language of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things where wrestling's the kind of thing that breaks you know, even the barriers of language and stuff. So sadly, we're just about out of time. Somebody needs to buy me a Zoom subscription because this is too good to have to end now. <laughs> um, give, quickly give me your, your where we can find you on the social medias and maybe any upcoming bookings you got. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on at I am Amir Jordan on Instagram and the same thing on Twitter. Um, I guess if this is going out to a Canadian audience, I've not got many bookings out in Canada, but I tell you what, when I got released, the one thing I was thinking was one day if I get to come back and just do anything for PWA in Calgary, just to, you know, roll back the years, that would be amazing. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm in on Saturday, I'm in Cumbria for Target Wrestling. So I don't know if you've got any many UK listeners hey, out there. So any press is good press, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the bookings are rolling up now. Um I'm all over the UK over the next few months, put it that way. All right um, on. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, staying busy, getting back into wrestling and uh, enjoying, enjoying my life because it's been a difficult year, um, but things are looking up now and there's a lot of opportunity out there. Sweet. All right. I want to ask you something really, really quick. So, we're like, we're like under three minutes, but I want to ask you something really, really quick. I want to ask you about the queen. Is this like a massive, massive deal? I don't really understand the monarchy. I've been, I've been, you know, I'm obviously growing up in Canada. I know that That's it's a big of a question you've asked there. Uh, uh, t- tell me about what, what, what the vibe is like over there. Um, controversial question. And I bet you didn't. I, I don't mean, mean it, it to be. I don't mean it to yeah, be. Yeah, I know you didn't. I'm just, I know I'm you just didn't. It's legit not, you know what it is? We, 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 it, over the last five or six years, we, we we're kind of living in a bit of a divided country. Um, okay. So there's a certain subset of people who are very upset that the Queen's died and there's all that. But then there's also, you know, arguments being made about like, it's 2022. Do we still need a monarchy here mm-hmm. and there? And the Queen's death has kind of brought up a lot of these questions. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we're, I mean, like I said, Brexit happened. Um, there's a few other things that are crazy things that have been going on in this country. So, no matter anything that big that seems to happen in the UK these days seems to divide people down the middle. And um, I don't know if that's someone's plan out there. <laughs> I, I love my conspiracy theories, but mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's uh, it's divided opinion. It's divided. I mean, we all love the Queen, put it that way. But like, not everyone. I don't think everyone in this country loves the idea of having a royal family. Um, mm. So yeah, no, it's 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 divided. I think we're in for a very interesting couple of weeks, couple of months, to see what happens because, like I say, you know, where we 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 had Brexit, that was a real close fight. You know, it was like fifty fifty. All of our elections are very much like you know fifty fifties as well. So, kind of goes to show it's a bit of a crazy time being in England right now. Um, there's a cost of living crisis. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like you yeah. know when you've got a cost of living crisis, but then you know there's things being shut down and hospital appointments being closed because uh because the queen's got her funeral that day things like that have been going on it's just like okay what's important here um but yeah i'll try not to pick sides too clearly <laughs> fair enough all right uh thank you so much for hanging out with me i know it's midnight where you are so i totally appreciate your time we are going to go out to your second song it is god put a smile upon your face uh it is cold play um you have less than a minute to tell me why you picked this song <laughs> You know what? This song is the first song on Spotify that came up after I found my WWE release. Oh, right? great. After I found That's out. A cool story. And, 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 and you know what? It starts off with the words, where do we go? Nobody knows. And um, that's why <laughs> that's why I thought, you know, this would be cool because I'm kind of on this journey right now where where do we go? Nobody knows because I have no idea where I'm going to end up in wrestling, but I really hope I end up somewhere somewhere good and i'm gonna i'm gonna work my ass off to get there so that's kind of the little meaning (laughs) attached to that (laughs) all right amir jordan you are one of the good ones thank you so much for joining me this is coldplay uh thank you for listening to the punga powders podcast and we will talk to you all next week where do we go nobody knows i've gotta say i'm on my way down God give me style and give me grace God put a smile upon my face
Put a smile upon your face 